Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And as you do say this with me today, I receive the Word of God to profit me and reproof me, convict me and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I'm going to share a little bit about how to take hold of the vision that God has for you, and not only for you, but also for this house. God's put a purpose in each and every one of you. Every one of you have a divine design uh, ordered of the Lord. The scripture says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And sometimes we may not always know what God has for us 10 years down the road. But he always prepares us for 10 years down the road. You know, and when we think about the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we're not to really think too much further past today when you think about it. You know, I'm not praying, now God, I sure hope you meet my needs a week from now. You know, I think I want, uh, you know, filet mignon and uh, lobster tail for, uh, for, for uh, lunch next Thursday. No, I'm not, already, I'm not praying that far. And God doesn't want us to pray that far. In fact, God wants us to trust him and rely on him and listen to him on a daily basis. That's why it says in the Lord's Prayer, you know, give us this day our daily bread. What is our daily need? Where do you want me to be? And where he wants you to be today is preparation for what he already has for you tomorrow so you don't have to worry about tomorrow. And so here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in verse 1, it happened after this, and so I always like to s- stop and say, well, what happened after this? What was the this, <coughs> excuse me, that this happened after? And it just so happened that Jehoshaphat had just restored the kingdom back in right standing with God. Just so happens that Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, put things back in place, got all the priests doing what they were supposed to do, got Israel back, you know, uh, removed some of the high places and some of the abominations of of the Lord from, from Israel. And just so happens he did this, and then it happened after this that the enemy came. Well, I guess that goes to show you that, you know, when you're not doing right, the enemy doesn't attack you, but when you do seek God, You know, as the scripture says, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And so don't find it strange that because you're serving God that there won't be trials and tribulations. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience, let patience have its perfect work, you being entire and wanting nothing. And the whole key is to be able to count it joy. Why should we be able to count it joy? Why does God want us to count it joy? 
Because when we begin to count it joy, number one, we're anticipating somehow God to bring us through this particular trial or tribulation we may be facing at this particular time. I never forget one time, you know, years ago when I was an associate minister and someone called me up and said, man, I just, this happened, this happened, this happened. And I said, boy, you are a candidate to see God do something supernatural. Turn that person's life around. Oh, yeah, I'm a candidate. You're eligible. How, you know, what makes you eligible? Because you're going through something. (laughs) You know, when you go through something, that makes you eligible for God to show off his glory on your behalf. So it happened after Jehoshaphat put things in order that uh, the enemy came to defeat them. And here in verse 2, it's then, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gadi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. You know, whenever you're going through something, don't begin to talk about the problem. Take time to go to God and say, God, how do you want me to handle this situation? What is it you want me to do? I'll never forget when David was faced with, uh, you know, the, the, the tremendous devastation he went through with Ziglag. And he said, you know, Lord, should I pursue and should I overtake? And the Lord said, pursue, overtake, for you should surely recover all. And so he took time to seek God. God, what do you want me to do? Sometimes there are times You know, God wants us to position ourselves so he can show his glory off. And so anyway, you know, it's always a good time to seek God when you're going through trials and tribulations. God, what is it you want me to do? So many times, well, why did this happen? And how come, you know, sometimes we don't know why challenges happen in life. But count it all joy, knowing, say knowing, knowing. See, you need to know that this trial and tribulation, as you wait on God, is going to produce a faith and a patience so that you get to a place that you'll be entire wanting nothing. You know, I remember first time I went through a trial and tribulation as a young Christian, and I thought, boy, it's, this is the end of my walk with God. I mean, this is going to wipe me out. But we waited on God, and we got through it. And, you know, we've been through that same trial and tribulation many times. And whenever it shows up its ugly face, we just kind of laugh at it. Oh, that's no big deal for God. We've seen God do some great things. We've seen God do some great deliverance. We've seen God do some great financial miracles in our lives personally. We've seen God do some family miracles in our lives. We've seen God do all kinds of neat things, healings and, and, and just deliverance and, and all kinds of wonderful things. And so once you experience the goodness of God once, you know, you get this idea that, you know what, if God be for me, who can be against me? I know if God did it once, he will do it again, and he'll do it just for you. And this is why it's so important that we share our testimonies with one another and share the goodness of God with one another so that we can encourage one another because he is no respecter of a person. And if he'll do it for your neighbor, he'll do it for you. 
And that's why, again, we count it all joy, knowing that the trying of our faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, you being entire, wanting nothing. And I often said it like this, and the Scripture says it like this too, but basically with faith and patience, you can have all the promises of God. And the Scripture says it like this, that our patriarchs with patience and faith, they did inherit all the promises of God. So if you can wait on God and you know that God's going to come through, then whatever it is that God has for you will manifest in your life if you just don't quit. Can I hear an amen? amen. So set yourself to seek the Lord just like Jehoshaphat did and put yourself in a place where you'll be able to hear from God. Sometimes we have to separate ourselves so that we can hear from God. Sometimes we need to turn off the TV. Sometimes we need to turn off the distractions. Sometimes we need to just, you know, get ourselves, get ourselves quiet so that we can hear what God is saying. And a lot of times when we don't hear from God, it's because that we haven't reacted to what he said the last time. And sometimes I have to sit down and say, now, Lord, I know you told me to do something, you know, a week or two ago, and did I forget about that, or is there something you want me to do, or, or have I not fulfilled, or have I not followed through, or have I not waited long enough, you know, on the manifestation of what you asked me to do? And sometimes, you know, he, he asks us to do something, and we just do it once. But, you know, God didn't, doesn't always ask us to do one thing one time. Sometimes he asks us to do it over and over and over and over again. And so we have to sit and say, God, what are your instructions for my life? And I'll just be real honest with you. My greatest temptation is that a lot of times, you know, I'll end up some, a lot of times I'll end up doing the same thing I did the last time to get a breakthrough, and I won't take time to pray about it. Hello, somebody. Y'all forgive me for yielding to the flesh sometimes. Well, it's just a natural thing. You think, well, hey, last time I fasted and prayed and got this breakthrough, so I think I'll fast and pray. And God's not telling me to fast and pray. He might tell you to do something else. So it's important, like Jehoshaphat there, here in verse 3, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast through all of Judah. So it's important that you know how to set yourself apart to hear from God. And then as they did that, they put God in remembrance of his covenant. As they prayed, they began to remind God. They said, God, you know, you brought us to this land. You're the one who gave us this land. This is our inheritance. This is something that you gave to us. And we're just reminding you that this is your gift to us. And you said, Lord, that if we're ever attacked, if there is some type of famine, if some type of disaster to turn to you, and we're turning to you, Lord, we're putting our eyes on you, we're seeking you, God, God, that you will deliver us. And so as they began to do that, the prophet spoke. And when the prophet spoke, this is what he said here in verse 14, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel and the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, the Levite of the sons of Aphs in the midst of the assembly. And this is what he said, listen, all of you Judea and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle's not yours but God's. So two things that the word of the Lord said here, actually more than that, but two things that I want us to focus on. Don't be afraid. Fear not. 
Paul spoke to Timothy and said, Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Don't fear. Don't get into fear. Don't let something cause you to react. Don't react to this thing. And number two, don't be dismayed. And the word dismayed, you know, the best definition for the word dismayed, and there's lots of different definitions, and it's used in many different uh, uh, ways in the Bible, but the best way is don't let this distract you from what God can do for you. Don't let whatever this challenge is distract you because the battle's not yours, the battle's God's. And so the word of the Lord is God saying, I'm going to take care of this. The word of the Lord is, I'm going to take care of this just for you. The word of the Lord is, I'm going to take care of whatever you're going through. And the word of the Lord of this house is that this is an intentional year, a doable year that goes along with the word that God gave me about a year and a half ago, and that is those things he intended to do in the last 20 years, he's going to fulfill in a year. Now you think, well, that's great for Family Worship Center, but what about me? Aren't you a part of this house? Aren't you a part of this family? Well, sure. In other words, what God's saying is that you need to begin to prepare yourself for an acceleration of the manifestations of God's gifts and promises in your life. That's exactly what he's saying. Because he says, I have designed, I have designated this time intentionally to bless you and to fulfill some supernatural things in your life. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about that. I'm taking that. And just like this word that the prophet gave to Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah and Jerusalem, you know, they had to do something. They had to receive it. They had to believe it. And so one of the things that we do in order to believe it and to receive it is we need to cultivate it. I don't care if you have to superglue it to your refrigerator. You know, they have these stainless steel refrigerators that are made of plastic now, and you can't put a magnet on them. So, you know, I don't know how that works anymore. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, whatever you have to do, you know, cut out a sign, you know, a posty card, a posty sticker, whatever you need to do. You need to have it in front of you on a regular basis, and you need to begin to declare this is an intentional year just for me. Why don't you say that? This is an intentional year just for me. Amen. And that's God's plan for your life. This is an intentional year just for you. There's going to be some things accelerated in your life that God's been wanting you to experience for quite a long time, and it's going to accelerate and manifest before the year is over. I don't know about you, but I'm taking hold of that. Amen. It's doable. It's doable. Well, this is what God's saying to Jehoshaphat. Hey, this is doable. The battle's mine. Don't get in fear. Don't don't worry about what the economy says. Don't worry about, you know, uh, inflation. Don't worry about the price of gas. Don't let this distract you. Don't let this get get you in fear. Just begin to know that it's doable. This is an intentional year for God's people who will receive this word. So don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. And it's so interesting to me was that the prophet said, tomorrow, tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. 
Well, you know what, we can read all through that and say, wow, you know, they're going to come here and they're going to be at this brook and all that stuff. But the bottom line is that God knows what the enemy's up to and he is fully aware of what his plans are. (laughs) God knows what the devil's doing. You know, the devil can't hide from God. He knows what that little rascal's trying to do. He knows what's trying to smoke screens. He's trying to, you know, create for you. He knows what he's trying to do to harass you. He, he, he knows what he's up to, and he's already got a plan for you to overcome the plan of the enemy. Wow, think about that. He's already got a plan just for you to overcome the plans of the enemy. That's why it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, says he's given us all power over the power of the enemy, and by no means shall anything harm you. You know, the devil doesn't have anything to harm you with. He's already given you all power over the power of the enemy. He's already given that to you. And so if that's true, then you know what God has for you this year? He has an intentional year just for you, and it's absolutely doable. And but just like Jehoshaphat, you know, Jehoshaphat put everything in order. He got the kingdom in order. He got things in place. He got everything lined up. He removed the high places. He used his authority as a king to clean up the kingdom. And uh, as soon as he did that, the enemy came to do what? Create havoc. Why did the enemy come to create havoc? Because if the enemy can get you distracted, hello, somebody. If the enemy can get you in fear, then enemy can get you not to quit, to, to, to stop believing God, then he can take away or he can hinder God's plans for your life. And so the prophet said, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the battle's not yours. The battle is God. And here in verse 17 it says, you will need, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. And I have that underlined in my Bible because, you know, sometimes we have to put ourselves in the right place for God to do what God wants to do. And sometimes that right place seems like it's kind of vulnerable. Sometimes it makes me feel like, well, God, I mean, you know, listen, you know, if I, if I do what you tell me to do, I mean, people can take advantage of me. Or they may, you know, uh, you know image is such a big thing. You know, I mean, it is to all of us. Let's just be real, you know. You know, uh, they, they might think I'm kind of a, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a feminine type guy. They might think I'm kind of wussy or whatever, you know. And, uh, you know, I just hate that feeling of, of being so vulnerable. But you know what? You're not really vulnerable when you're trusting God. I mean, that's a word for somebody here tonight. You're not really vulnerable when you're trusting God. In fact, you are more secure and more powerful when you're trusting God than when you're trusting your own strength. That's exactly what God wants you to understand. You're not vulnerable. Now, the enemy will tell you you're vulnerable. The enemy will tell you, yeah, well, you know, people think, yeah, there you go again. You know, you won't fight for yourself. You won't defend yourself. No, I don't have to. The battle's not mine anyway. The battle's God's. It's what it says right there. If the battle's not mine, then why do I have to fight for it anyway? You know, why do I have to fight for something that God's already done for me? Hello, somebody. Why do I have to fight for something that God's already done for me? I don't have to fight for what God's already done for me. I just need to put position myself. And position myself can be a geographical place, that's true. 
but for most of us, positioning ourselves is in our mind and our own soul. Putting ourselves in a position where we begin to realize, you know what? God wants to fight my battles for me. God wants me to be an overcomer. God wants to do this victory for my life. God wants to see great victory in my life. God wants to do intentional things in my life. God wants me to see that this is a doable year. God wants to do those things which he wanted to do in the last 20 years this next year. God wants to do these things. See, I have to position myself. You know, and whenever you listen to some of these ministers you know, when they talk about the blessing of the Lord and how God blessed them there and God blessed them there, God blessed them in this one situation, you know, with, you know, maybe a new plane or, you know, God blessed them with buying some land that they bought low and they sold high and things like that, you know. All those things should not irritate you. Because one day I asked the Lord about that. I said, what is it about some of these ministers who, you know, it seems like they've really, really prospered and, and I'm not judging them, Lord, but, but what is it about them that, you know, I haven't gotten to that place where maybe I've experienced that? And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, they have a great understanding of my personal goodness in their life. Wow. A great understanding of that. Now, if you had a greater understanding of how good God is, and you position yourself to expect that, and you begin not only to expect it, but you begin to believe that it's really going to happen to you, and you begin to proclaim it, guess what's going to happen? It's going to happen to you. And so sometimes positioning yourselves, just like it says here, position yourself, sometimes that positioning yourself is not always about a geographical place. It's about a mental place. It's about a place where you can begin to see yourself really as a child of God. You know, do you really believe that if you were the only sinner on the face of the earth, that Jesus would have died for you? Do you really believe that? It's easy for us to lump all of us in here. Well, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, I mean, hey, you know, I mean, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> you know, kind of makes me feel kind of good. I wasn't the only one he died for. But what if I was? Could I receive the fact that he would make that great sacrifice just for me? Well, this is the position he wants you to be in. He wants you to know that he would do it just for you. That's his great love. That's his great goodness. That's the great grace and mercy of God for your life. That's what he wants you to do. And sometimes position yourself as getting yourself to, like, God, you would do this for me. Absolutely, you would do this for me. You know what God said to David when, when uh, David messed up with Bathsheba? He said, you know, if you would have just asked David, you know, I, have I withheld anything from you, David? You know, and, 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 you know, I don't know what God would have said if David would have said, you know, I really want Bathsheba. What can you do for me, you know? But anyway, but, you know, but maybe he would have gave her someone more beautiful than Bathsheba. I don't know. But anyway, but God, God really rebuked David. He said, listen, you know, if you would just ask, I'm not going to withhold any good thing from you. I'm not going to withhold any good thing from you. You know, and this is, this is God talking to an adulteress, a guy who sinned, who missed it, and, and, and rebuked him by saying, if you would have just asked, David, I'm not going to withhold anything from you. 
Well, can you position yourself? Can you see yourself? God saying, I won't withhold any good thing from you. Can you position yourself in that place? Can you see God doing that? Can you see God going beyond your bank account? Can you see God going beyond your paycheck? Can you see God, you know, blessing you with something much greater than you can afford? Can you see yourself doing that? This is part of positioning yourself, knowing that God wants to do some intentional things in your life. Seeing yourself being able to receive those things from the Lord. So here in verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And then the Levites of the children of the Kohites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high. So what happened after they got the word of the Lord? They shouted, Hallelujah! Well, what did you do when you got this word? This is going to be an intentional year, a doable year. Did you shout? Hallelujah! It's an intentional year. Glory to God. It's a doable year. Glory. God's going to do some exceedingly abundantly. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know what. Glory to God. He's going to do it. And this is the excitement we need to really begin to generate in our own hearts when God speaks in this house. You know, one of the things about a house like us where we have the presence of God and we have a prophet and we have, you know, prophetic words that are spoken, so many times we get so accustomed to it that, uh, you know, it becomes, you know, almost a generic service for us. Oh, yeah, the presence of God was there. Yeah, four or five people got healed. Oh, yeah, pastor gave a word. Oh, yeah, you know. But I want to tell you something. You know, I don't encourage you to do this, but if you went to some old dry-up church that had nothing, you would miss it. Hello, somebody. We need to begin to rejoice in what God is doing in this house. He's doing some things that's not going on everywhere else. You know, we're getting words as we pray. We're getting words that some of the other prophets are saying about this nation. We get these same words. God's doing something in this house and special, and it's going to be an intentional year just for you. Glory to God. We need to get all fired up about that. And then it goes on, it says this, it says, and when, uh, and so they rose early in the morning, my kind of people, right? They rose up early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established and believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Well, what do you think you're going to prosper in? What did the prophet say? The prophet said, you know what? Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. God's going to fight this battle for you. All right, believe God and you'll be established. That's good. Believe the prophets. Guess what? what when the prophet speaks it and you take hold of it, it's going to manifest. And they still didn't have any idea how this thing was going to manifest it. So Jehoshaphat, he consulted with the people and said, well, let's do this. Let's send out some singers and put them out in front, and, uh, and, and, that will, and that's what we'll do. We'll just start singing and, and marching towards this great army. And so that's what it says here in verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. 
and those who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Matzirah who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly destroy and kill them. And when they had made end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude, and there were dead bodies falling all over the earth. No one escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. And look at this, precious jewelry, which they had stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil. Does that sound like an intentional um, blessing to you? Does that sound like something doable that God can do? I mean, can you imagine, you know, yesterday you get this report, the enemy's coming, you are vulnerable, you have no means to defeat this enemy, you know, you don't have the substance to defeat this enemy, you know, you're just, you know, thankful that you get by day by day, you know, and then the next day you went out to meet this, the, the enemy, and they're all dead, and you spend three days gathering, you know, jewelry and coins and valuables from them, and now you went from just barely making it to having more than enough? Does that sound like an intentional year to you? Does that sound like a doable year to you? You know, and who did it for him? God did it. And how come he did it for them? Number one, because they set themselves to seek God in a hard time. Number two, because they chose to believe the word of the Lord above the circumstances. The word of the Lord was fear not and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, and sometimes that's all we have to do is just position ourselves to fear not, stand still, and just see what God's going to do. And I'm here to tell you that the year 2022 is going to be an incredible year for all those who are able to receive it. I mean, it's going to be an intentionable year, a doable year. There are going to be some exceedingly abundant, great things that happen in your life if you will position yourself to seek him and go after him with your whole heart and begin to praise him and thank him for the impossible things that he's going to do in your life. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.